Welcome to the PK Experience. I'm the host of the show, Peter King, and I interview Ryan Hansen today, who is a fitness expert. Um, It's a really great interview. Ryan shares some really killer content, but unfortunately, I have to apologize the, we just had a ton of mic issues. So the recording, uh, you know, we started to record and then the mic went out and we had to start again. And then about um, a third of the way into the interview, it completely goes out. Um, that's the bad news. The good news is I did have a backup mic that was recording, which was great, but the quality is not as good. So that's not so great. So about uh, 12 minutes into the call, uh, I will alert you and let you know that we are reverting to the backup, and you'll obviously notice the quality is not there. But anyway, the content is what matters. Uh, We are going to roll with that. And as I mentioned before, Ryan does share some really killer content in this call, especially if you're um, looking to maintain your fitness or improve your fitness and you're not a member of a gym or you travel a lot or you're a stay-at-home parent, um, Ryan's approach makes a ton of sense. It's very, very practical and uh, very applicable. So check it out. Let me know what you think. Here we are with Ryan Hansen. We are officially recording again. Uh, let's take two. Uh, Ryan Hansen, thank you for joining us. I have, uh, as a have already started to say in the, <laughs> the other, first attempt, the first attempt of our recording that got trashed. Uh, so yeah, you, you show up as Ryan tattoo Hanson in my book, my father who, for the listeners, um, Ryan is my father's trainer and he shared his contact, your contact info with me and mm-hmm. it shows up as Ryan tattoo Hanson. And I have quite the tattoo project. You do have some killer my body. art. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about what, what's sure. the symbolism in the, so actually I art. took a, uh, an art history class in college as an elective cause I needed something to fill that space. And uh, I just fell in love with that era of like art and Renaissance and not only from the art and the beauty standpoint, but also like the the thought and the think of like Da Vinci and Michelangelo and like the gladiators and the kings and the Romans. So it was always really classic and something that really spoke to me. So when I started getting tattooed, I my tattoo artist had a book on his desk of famous sculptures and I recognized a lot of them from that class I took. And I said, hey, can you tattoo this? He's like, yeah, we can do it. So we started off doing one of the sculptures and I just really, really loved it and it, it was just something that was not only pretty but classic and something that I um, resonated with and it just slowly has morphed into more and more and I have probably 300 hours of tattoo work over that's the past 10 years insane a lot that's insane yeah. well I mean you are in the business of sculpting right yeah it's a good point yeah form, I mean so. uh, look at David he's the quote-unquote like perfect male form and um i've just yeah i've always like one of my favorite movies is gladiator like that whole coliseum roman warrior thing is really cool and this is all on the one side is um famous pieces like in the vatican and the other side is um like greek mythology so we have cupid Ares, zeus hercules atlas um and just kind of uh went with that theme oh that's killer and i'll have to take some photos of it yeah, all right and, sure. and yeah. share those because yeah have you seen my back you haven't seen my back i did okay, maybe yeah. a couple oh, years I I ago yeah, yeah yeah what's on your back again uh hercules is on my back okay and that's been two years that's been wow. the project for the past two years yeah. all my tattoo artist is actually um in indiana i met him at a convention so i drive out there every two or three months about a three-hour drive 
and he'll tattoo me all day on Sunday. It's the worst pain I've ever felt in my entire life. <laughs> Is it really? Oh my God. It's the worst. The back, the arms I can do all day. It's like a cakewalk. The back, the spine, there's so many nerve endings around just your base of your lower back and your neck. It's brutal. Really? Brutal. And I, if I knew it was going to be this painful or take this long, I probably wouldn't have done it. But now it's pretty much You're, a minute. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm probably about 90% done. But it, there's been a couple times I'm just like, dude, I, I can't even. Sitting for five, six hours with somebody jamming a needle into your spine is not. not oh, it's bad. the spine. Yeah. yeah. Oh. It's the whole back. So oh, that's the part course. that really hurts. There's just so many nerve endings that come off the spine. Yeah. Oh that God. the arms are like, if you have, yeah, if you ever get tattooed, the arms are literally like, it's not even close to the back. Oh, man. So. I, can't, I don't even want to think about that. I don't even like when a masseuse like accidentally <laughs> hits my spine. Right. Um, well, all right. So we're, we're talking with Ryan Hansen today about, uh, primarily about um, health and mm-hmm. uh Fitness, it's Ryan. To tell a little bit about uh, a little bit about your background, kind of how you got into sure. the whole fitness space. So I've been exercising since I was twelve years old. Um, it's something I've done for as long as I can remember. For most of my life, I feel like uh, I started out in my parents' basement. My mom had one of those like universal kind of like Bowflex type of things, right. and I took to it right away. It was something that. I enjoyed. I was reading, you know, the Arnold Encyclopedia. I was going to the grocery store and trying to beg my mom to buy me creatine, which she thought was steroids at the time. And she flipped out when she read about articles because at the time it was Mark McGuire was using it, and that oh, yeah. was a big scandal. Sure. But even though it was nothing, um, so I've always done it. And my first job, actually, at 16 years old in New York, back where I'm from, was folding towels in the uh, local gym for a free membership. So I would like be the porter and I would clean the bathroom and the locker room and get a free membership. And I was always enamored with the personal trainers at the gym. They were like the rock stars. So I went to college, got a degree in uh, entrepreneurship from Fordham University in the city, or the Bronx in Brooklyn, sorry, in New York. I was born in Brooklyn. And then um, after college, I graduated in 2009 and the market collapsed and there was no jobs in the city. So I followed my mother out to St. Louis and got a job in corporate finance and kind of let training and fitness. I still worked out. It's funny because now I think back, um, my highlight of the day was at five o'clock because I could go to the gym after working, you know, yeah. the regular job, so yeah. to speak. So it was always something I still gravitated towards. I just didn't think it could be a thing or a real legitimate job. Um, but I always worked out. I mean, I was, like I said, 12 years old. I played sports in high school. I wasn't very good at it, but I always had a strength interest, not necessarily the sport aspect, but just like the training for the sport. Uh, so went to Wells Fargo, took that job for two months, left that, and then became a trainer for a local chain gym, left that gym for a bigger box gym, and then got fired and started my own gym, uh, three years ago. Why'd you get fired? Oh, yeah, I, got, I can, I I can I say why. Story. Yeah, I got fired because I took a sponsorship deal from a local supplement company. And in the eyes of my big box employer, it was a competing business and a conflict of interest to be represented by another company, which sold supplements. Because at the time, I worked for Lifetime Fitness. They sold supplements as well. Gotcha. So they said, hey, you're either with us or you're with them. And I said, I'll think about it. And that, that was like my way to kind of like buy time and figure it out. They gave me about a month, and then one day they called me in their office on like a random Tuesday. And I knew exactly what was going to happen. Yeah. They said, you got to go, like yeah. right now. Yeah. So I left, and uh, luckily I met a guy six months before that who owned a gym literally down the road. 
he owned the CrossFit gym named Trent. And that was the lifesaver because I was able to take all my clients out literally that next day, open up shop down the block okay. and train my people there. Gotcha. So when did, uh, so tell the listeners a little bit about like your brand and, and then when, yeah. how, when and how did that get started? So it all kind of happened, Primal being the brand, um, that kind of happened because I started seeing things differently with fitness. Um, I started strength training and bodybuilding and strong, man, I've always been into it, but I started seeing that like the basics always work the best. So I wanted to kind of put myself in a package where the name of quote unquote my brand encompassed my beliefs on training. Primal being the tried and true basics, kind of like along that same line of like paleo, um, human movement, caveman type of thing, because that's what's been around forever. That's kind of withstood the test of time. So right about the time I got fired, I started like branding myself and putting out content online under primal and again in that big box setting uh lifetime did not like trainers being individuals they wanted you to be under their umbrella and quote unquote drink their kool-aid so that in combination with the supplement company deal really ruffled their feathers and that's why they fired me uh so i had primal in my mind is like it start actually it started off as a blog it started off as like the mindset of like primal beings like that kind of like warrior and fighter and like out on the savanna and being in touch with nature and eating real food and doing movement and sweating and you know having these kind of like primal desires to be a human um and and then it just started the blog started to become a training style and then when i got fired i just called myself primal like my gym primal even yeah. though even though i didn't have a gym i was basically subleasing space from a crossfit gym but i just called myself primal gym got it so which is a killer brand name it, for it works what you're doing. I mean, yeah it, it, it definitely works but, yeah. but you which spe- is funny because there are other now not only primal spelled the way i do it okay. which was a direct copy there's actually a local guy who li- literally ripped off my yeah. yeah and there's also obviously spelling a primal with an i the interesting interesting thing about that was it started off as primal with an i like regular just p-r-i-m-a-l yeah and obviously that's such a common name there was no way to get that domain like primal.com i think the guy won like 20 grand right well let's not do that so i also (laughs) wanted to stand out from the pack (laughs) ironically the pack and um i was meeting with a a girl who was a, a woman that was a marketer at the time and she was really good at that so we started writing out different ways to spell it and she says, why don't you spell it with a Y? And that was just a different, cool way to spell it. Yeah. And that like a light bulb thing just clicked. One of those like aha moments of uh, I can make the Y be the client's Y. That's going to be the motivation because mindset is the whole thing with this whole fitness thing. It's not about you know how to do a deadlift. I mean, to some extent, like how to do a deadlift or how to eat well. But it's really about getting your mental game on point. So the Y really was the thing because it's all about the mindset in this situation. Yes. Yes, I mean I've uh, in my limited exposure to physical fitness and everything. If you, well, frankly, just with anything in, in human nature, if you don't have a powerful enough why, yeah. you're not going to follow through yeah, with it. You can you, you can know how to do the perfect you yeah. know squat or this or that, but if you don't, you have to get your mind, your right. your operating system on point. And um, I had a client who also was a designer, a graphic designer, and then we started going through different designs, and one of these designs was just very like like just 
bold and basic and simple, which encompassed the whole brand. And then he boxed out the why, and that became even more of the focal point of the entire brand. Okay, And all the branding has whys on it and just like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So we were talking before this call that like my intention was to really talk about the health and fitness stuff, but you have such a powerful like brand and entrepreneurial stuff behind this that it's interesting to get into that. That's why it's worked. Yeah. I mean, a lot of trainers are really smart and they go to college and get exercise science degrees or go get PhDs. And I think my, um, my naivete and my blind eyes for fitness has kind of been my advantage because I'm like, it's simple. Why are you complicating it and going and getting all these degrees and certifications and all these things that make it more difficult? So the fitness thing I mastered at a young age, I was like, this is it, yeah. you know? And then with my ability to be creative and more artistic and entrepreneurial has allowed it the platform to kind of get people's attention because it's one thing there are plenty of trainers that I know that are really really good trainers maybe even better than me but they're not able to really tell it or put it in a way that isn't so um, like esoteric and, and boring and kind of like cheesy to people right to kind of make it cool yeah for sure dude I mean as, as a marketer that's that's my I'm right. constantly beating that drum like it doesn't matter how great a product mm-hmm. you have if people don't know about right. it and can't hear about it so yeah, yeah, that's a very, uh, very powerful brand and messaging strategy that obviously is working out for you. Yeah. So in the in the idea of simple, going back to primal mm-hmm. movements and everything, tell um, the listeners a little bit about what your your actual physical regiment Tra- training involves. is. Yeah. yeah. So um, I believe that if you get somebody to do, I would say seven movement patterns correctly and you work those out then they can really achieve their dreams of whatever that may be in fit in the fitness world so they have to learn how to squat correctly push pull hinge carry crawl and plank okay those are the basic movements so if you get those in alignment and a client can do those without any pain and can do it without dysfunction then you could load the movement with weight and that will further increase their results because that increases intensity. Okay. So you have to kind of strip it down to the bare bones of like, let's see this person squat. Let's see them push, pull, bear crawl, all these things. And then with that, that's hitting every single point of the body. Um, they can do, that's in my mind, true functional fitness. If a, if a human being can perform all those without pain correctly with their own body first. And then with that, they earn the right to use weight. You just used a phrase functional fitness which I think is really That's so uh, that's very subjective for people, right? Cuz like to functional for me is very different than functional to you. Right. So for me, I think fitness has kind of got away from people because they have functional fitness with people like jumping on boxes and doing crazy things where you're throwing weight in the air. I've never done any of that in my life. I I live a very most 98% of people in the gym are living a very um, simple day-to-day life of like, hey, I need to pick up a dog food bag from the ground and put it up on a top shelf, or I need to carry my groceries from the store to the car. Like, I'm not jumping on things or throwing things around. We like to think we may do that at one point, okay. but how many times have you jumped on a, on a desk or thrown something above your head and then squatted down? So. Right. For general fitness purposes, I do not believe the Olympic lifts, and that's what I'm speaking at, um, serve any purpose for people. I think they're too high risk. They require too much technicality, and um, I see a lot of people getting injured from that. Yeah, I was going to say prone to injury. Oh, yeah, big time. Um, well, I, I, it's a f- the whole idea of functional fitness to me makes a ton of sense because you know you see guys in the gym that are just jacked. You right. know? At what point is that functional? Well, I mean, they could be – my point is that like, they could have – 
you know, huge shoulders, right. huge arms, but but then you ask them to squat right. for twenty seconds, and their right. back, their lower back is you so, know killing them. Yeah. So I, for me, functional fitness is really is the client pain free. Can they function in their day to day life? Can they get up in the morning and not be like, oh, rubbing their low back and groaning and moaning? Yes. Can they um, pick something up correctly from the ground and put it up? Um, like I I think that yeah, f- functional fitness kind of loses its. Like it doesn't make sense to me when people are in constant pain or they can't get out of the bed and they their shoulders hurt at 35 years old when they have another, you know, hopefully 60 years to go. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, just the tightness alone. Mm-hmm. So do you, do you teach stretching as well? I lo- yeah. I mean, I'm, so my whole world got shifted when I took a yoga class. Uh, four years ago, because I was very much into heavy, heavy lifting. That was always the way to reach your goal was just more weight on the bar. Get yeah. get stronger, get heavier, you know, kill it in the gym. And then I took a yoga class and I got my ass kicked. And I was like, here I am, which I think I'm in, you know, great physical shape. I'm really strong, but I didn't have like the stability muscles and these internal muscles that I couldn't hold a plank for 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. So that to me was like a a moment of like, I maybe need to readjust, maybe not be so close-minded to these other things. And then I started thinking about yoga being like, it's been around for, you know, a thousand, I don't know, a thousand years. It's, yeah. it's- okay, here's where my audio went out on me. And thankfully, I did have a backup uh, mic recording. Unfortunately, the quality is not as good, but we still got it. So here's the rest of the interview with Ryan Hansen. So I think that, um, uh, so our parents were not doing nearly as, they weren't nearly as focused on physical fitness as we are. So mm-hmm. to us, it's still, we're, it's still very new. Like mm-hmm. the whole fitness realm is still, so we're not really sure of what's right, what's not right. So I always look back to history, like what's been around and that's when yoga came into play. And that in terms was like the stretching and the flexibility and the mobility stuff that the, a lot of people are missing from that program. Yeah. I, t- there's something uh, primal yeah. or something very fundamental about um, the yoga that I think is interesting mm-hmm. that a lot of um, strength trainers haven't really tapped into. No. And it's one of the you know reasons why I wanted to interview you because of I have not heard these concepts from other fitness people. You right. know? And, and so going back to simple movement, um, stretching, you know, the seven, seven basic movements, right. like it just makes a ton of sense. It makes much more common sense. I think when, when somebody like that is not in the fitness, cause a lot of our fitness people are kind of like in their own bubble, so to speak. Right. So when somebody else, like my mom and I'm explaining, I'm explaining why I'm doing the things I do or like my little cousin, if she can understand it, yeah. then it, it, then it, it seems like, again, it's like the, uh, the fresh eyes and, and then the, uh, naive, the, uh, naivete of somebody outside the industry when they start to see like, oh, that makes more sense, that's when I think we need to pay attention to. Yeah, absolutely. Versus these other coaches that are in this whole nother bubble that are like kind of like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense. You know, and to me, it goes it just goes back to that whole idea of functional fitness where especially like as a parent and, and I'm getting older and I'm at a desk most of the day, like you want to be able to just play with your kids. Yeah. And, okay. Get and down on the floor and play with them. Get down on the floor and... and you know, if you're not doing the functional fitness stuff, like you feel it. Right. And it's, or if you're doing quote unquote functional fitness and you try to get down the floor and because you had a really ridiculous workout the day before you're groaning when you get down because your legs are sore and your hamstrings are really tight. Yeah. Like then it loses its whole idea of like 
true functional fitness. Agreed. So uh, we kind of skipped past the why thing for a second. I wanted to ask you, go back to that for a second. Like, how do you help people figure out what their why is? Mm. That's difficult. Um, if you have a strong why, you will have some a consistent client for hopefully their entire journey and process. Um, a lot of people have come to me with this very like general, um, you know, socially acceptable, I want to lose weight or I want to get in shape. Like, what does that really mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that comes from a, a close relationship with the client because they have to be honest, not only with me, but also themselves. And a lot of people, I think, aren't taking the time. It's, again, it's the, the, self, the self questioning of why are they doing this in the first place? Mm -hmm. You know, people don't ask themselves. They kind of get caught in their day to day and they're like, I just want to work out. I just want to like be in shape. Like, what does that really mean? And why do you want to be in shape? Does that look like being able to go and play with your kids? Does that look like you want to climb a mountain? Does that look like you want to wear whatever you want to wear without feeling self-conscious? Mm -hmm. Like to me, true fitness is freedom and having the choices to do a lot of different things in that same realm. Um, so the why is hard because it's not the first or even second or third response. It's really a, it's a deeper awareness for the, the person has to have a deeper awareness to really get the true answer and re remember that answer because a lot of times we, uh, forget it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think too, having just spent some time in this space that, that uh, just helping people with their why in life in general, as mm -hmm. opposed to why are you doing something for, for physical fitness? Um, oftentimes like why not? <laughs> yeah. That's what, another way to phrase it. Yeah. You know, is, is, uh, a lot of people are going, I'm sick and tired of, you know, these pants not fit. Right. I'm sick and tired of not being attractive. Yeah. I'm sick and tired. So, um, a lot of times the pain can be something that can propel them forward. Yeah. Uh, as well. I think actually, I think pain is probably the best motivator for any type of change. Uh, I mean, it's human I, nature. Yeah. yeah. I, the more, I think there has to come a point and that's where I come into play. Like, I have to meet the client where they are, but they have to experience enough pain in some aspect to really get the initial inertia yeah. to change. Yeah. And then I also think that in that situation, a client really needs to remember that pain and anchor that because mm -hmm. it's easy to remember it a couple of weeks from now, but then three months from then they forget about it. Like, Hey, remember when that situation, remember when you had a heart, like there are plenty of people that have a heart attack and then swear on a stack of Bibles that they're going to get in shape because of this. And then, you know, you see them in six months. Like, oh, well, cause we forget about that yeah. stuff. So really internalizing those feelings of pain and, and, and how that feels. And then remembering that when you do it, inevitably forget that's difficult. So, um, going in that same vein, how do you help people not just get, you know, for somebody that's dedicated enough to at least get some initial results mm -hmm. on the maintenance side of things, how do you get people to sustain that new level of, of yeah, uh, uh, that plays into the mindset. Um, I look at it like if they stop, it only gets harder. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that a lot of people go a hundred percent for X number of months or, and then they burn out. Right. So let's take it a step back and the old fable of like being the tortoise, not the hare. Not every workout has to be this insane, crazy workout. Yeah. And that's a, that's a mind shift shift switch for a lot of people. Cause they think they have to be, you know, going all in and it has to be really painful and really restrictive for it to work. Mm -hmm. So when you start looking at it, like, okay, I don't have to have these crazy one hour, one and a half hour workouts to really see results. I can do 30, 40 minutes consistently over time. 
then that really starts to be more appealing for people. And if I can do this, it yeah. doesn't seem so daunting yeah. to people. Um, yeah. Cause I think people do get overwhelmed and burnt out because they go so far in, which is fine, but then life gets in the way. And then we had that like black and white thinking of like, if I'm not doing hour and a half workouts, four days a week, then what's the point? I'll do nothing at all. Right. But the whole idea of fitness, it has to be forever because just in life, like if you're not slowly improving and getting better and getting stronger, you're going to get worse. Mm-hmm. The, the, the alternative is if you stop, you get worse. Yeah. People think they maintain, you don't maintain, you get worse. Yeah. Um, what, uh, examples could you share right now for somebody that's listening that they could do probably at home? Uh, using yeah. some of the, the techniques. Uh, well, I, so I try to do my best to put out as much content as possible, not only like the workouts, but also like the why, coincidentally, behind why I'm doing this. Like, right. why does it make sense to train like this? Why does it make sense to do this this movement? Um, so I post a lot on my Facebook and my Instagram pages, but more so like the resources are out there. Yeah. YouTube's a great resource. Um, having a trainer that you trust and has the results and testimonials to back it up is a great resource. Um, I would not, don't be afraid to ask questions and seek out help because the problem with YouTube is it's, it's almost like a garbage dump. There's just so much on there that it becomes overwhelming. So the part where I come in or any type of trainer will come in is they kind of like narrow your focus and speed up the learning process. So you don't have to go through and kind of filter it and maybe do something wrong or then then end up doing more damage than good. But I do believe that um, if you look at it from a very common sense approach of like, hey, I should be consistent with my movement. I should stretch every day. I should drink water, eat vegetables and protein. Um, it will all work out. And you have you have examples of that, of course, in your on your pages. Yeah. So if somebody was to search primal. If you search Facebook or go to facebook.com slash primal coach, I have tons of videos, tons of education, not only like what workouts to do, but like again, like explaining the reasoning behind it and hopefully it makes sense and then you start to look at it a little differently. Yeah. That makes uh, that makes sense. I, I, I'm a why guy. Like I have to know why. Yeah, when what, going, right. Yeah, when I was going through school, the, the, the classes that I took that I didn't know why yeah. I was learning, I just I could not get it. You know, like how the hell am I going to use? And that's what I've always history. that's always what I've done with clients is like when I'm doing exercise, I try to explain it to them so that they can actually educate themselves, and then the education will lead to them as they if they ever decide to stop training with me to actually understand it better so that they, they can continue it, continue it without a trainer. Right. And that's the whole thing. Right. Like you want somebody that is not only able to do it on their own, but is like proficient at it. Yep. Cause I'm not going to be around for, I'm not going to be training people forever. Right. The, for me, the biggest failure I think as a trainer is to work with a client and then see them later a year and a half later and then they gain it all back. I'm like, why do you spend all that money, time, energy, effort? And I, working together if you just threw it out the window. Yeah, yeah. And that's the hardest thing. Yeah. Um, I have found, this is a little bit of a tangent, but I have found that people are are born with um, one of three types of intelligences, if yeah. you will, or like a gift where some people are just intellectually gifted. Right. You know, the... the they can the, look the at a, They market. can do a math problem with their eyes yes, closed. right. Yeah. And then you have people that are more socially gifted and mm. they just connect with people. Charisma. And then you have people that are physically gifted they're yeah. athletics or you know I worked with uh, I worked with this guy who was a logger and, okay. and would wow. go out and cut trees down and, and I was wanting to develop more of my physical intelligence yeah. if you will and so I went out there and I was cutting down trees and 
I kept breaking this the freaking uh, saw. Saw. Yeah. And there was a tiny little piece that I kept breaking. This the adjuster. And uh, on like the fourth time I broke it, I'm like, what? Like, what am I doing wrong? He's mm-hmm. like. I don't know what to tell you. I've been doing this for 30 years. I've never, done never broken it. Yeah, like, some people just don't have it. He just had that. Yeah, he just had it. So for somebody who's not, I mean, you seem like the kind of guy that, that's just physically intelligent. It. Yeah. yeah, it's just your thing. How do you how do you compel somebody who's not necessarily I, like that? Yeah, no, that's a great point because not everybody's going to like going to the gym or doing bear crawls or doing deadlifts or anything like that. Uh, so there are plenty of ways to be, I just encourage people to move and be active. I'm not saying my way is the only way for sure. Not, um, I just think people should move more. I think that a lot of people just don't do enough. We're severely underestimating how much time we are sedentary. So whether that means going for a hike or going for a walk around the block or, um, you know, uh, for dancing, just something to move as often as possible. Um, that you enjoy because if you enjoy it, you'll stick with it longer because you're right some people may not have an idea like may not like the idea of going and doing deadlifts or pull-ups won't speak to them as much as they speak to me uh so i think that you have to kind of but you have to try things yeah like trying different things yeah. and as long as you're in my in my book as long as you're moving and doing something on a consistent basis for 20, 30 minutes a day, it's all it really takes. Um, well, but, but even more than just the moving, again, like I think what's really compelling about what you're doing is this, those seven yes. the types. Because it can yes. go off from there. Like I can go and, and do endurance training and then find a weakness, mm-hmm. you know, when I want to go play yeah. soccer or something like that. Or, But um, I've noticed just in my own personal fitness relative recent history that just going to CrossFit – I'm doing a lot more squatting. I'm doing a lot more, and it's engaging my core. Right. And I'm finding that that core strength then transfers to many other things. So I, I love that. that it's the foundation approach. that you can do other things yes. from. Yes. Like primal is not the end all be all, but it will set you up for whatever else you want to do because you're an efficient mover. Yeah, that's uh, that to me is a is a unique quality that mm-hmm. primal brings to the table. Um, let's move into uh, nutrition, diet yeah. nutrition a little bit. Um, you were sharing with me before we started recording a little bit about uh, your approach to that. How, how help the listeners? Yeah. So I've never. Um, it, again, it ties into the whole primal. Um, I believe I use the term green face. So every when I ask a client what they're eating, I look for the green, which tends to be vegetables are usually green, not all vegetables, but I just for general purposes, we'll say green. And then the face being the protein, which is uh, like fish, turkey, chicken. Um, or whatever. So if you're eating vegetables and lean protein first, more than likely you won't overeat the fats and the carbs. So I believe that people are not nearly eating enough vegetables. We're eating way too many fats and carbs and even probably too much protein at some point. Um, So if you are looking at every meal, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, the majority of your plate should be made up of some type of vegetable. Yeah. How do you, uh, you know, I'm... I definitely fit that. Like I don't, I know I'm not eating enough vegetables. I started to juice to to sort of supplement. Do you, are you, are you on board with juicing? What's your thought? Uh, It depends. Juicing. Yes and no. Um, I like juicing when it's a majority of vegetables. A lot of people, when they juice, throw a lot of fruit in there, which is just going to convert into sugar and insulin and spike your insulin. Um, but again, I think also with juicing, when you drink your calories you're losing the fiber so you're not filling yourself up all the way okay you're just kind of like consuming quote-unquote empty calories kind of 
because the the actual bulk of the stuff that fills you up, you're going to be hungry another hour. Okay. Usually, usually. Okay. Um, but I do like. I mean, if you're really like, I have a client actually. She's a, uh, a Argentinian woman. She juices all the time. She brings me the juices, and they're great. Yeah. Like, but they're like habanero and like they're a little tart. Like they're not you know smoothie king kind right, of like right. that. That's more of a smoothie, but like they are not necessarily like that tasty. Sure. So it kind of tastes like you're eating grass. Yeah. But I think those juices are probably the better ones. Yeah. Um, but I, I just believe that those steamer bag of vegetables that are, you know, four minutes in the microwave are really good as well. Okay. Okay. That's a, that's a simple approach. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm big, I don't buy a lot of fresh, fresh vegetables. Um, cause they go bad. I don't want to cook them and prepare them. So I just get those steamer bag of like bird's eye or, whatever green giant and then i'll usually just cook up some you know chicken fish whatever and then throw in a bag of vegetables i read the other go. day that uh frozen vegetables have as much as maybe perhaps yeah there's a more theory nutrients. there's a theory that says that they're picked at the perfect time and flash frozen okay so at that moment they have the most amount of nutrients and they're just kind of like a ton, like distilled and suspended in time so they don't go bad because okay. what happens is with quote like um with fresh vegetables, you uh, they're just decaying with just time, right? You know? So uh, got it. Okay, um, so it, it's helpful to think of like w- what are simple ways that mm-hmm. people can can totally. uh, start to infuse this into their normal diet. Literally, you can't eat enough vegetables. Like when a client tells me they haven't lost, haven't haven't been able to lose weight, and I ask them about their diet. 99% of times it's because they're not eating enough vegetables. Okay. You're eating way too many fats and carbs. Okay. And here's another quote to that too is like, I always say that it's not what the client is eating, it's what they're not eating. So it's not that every client's eating bad McDonald's right. or fried whatever, it's that they're not eating enough vegetables and protein. Yeah. Does that make sense? It's totally, yes. I mean, when I, a few years ago when I was not eating very healthily, mm-hmm. I was, you know, probably doing more fast foods yeah. and whatever. Um, that was how I got into it was instead of trying to think, let me, I have to scrap this yep. whole yeah. way of living and go be healthy. Yeah. What if I just only added more vegetables, mm-hmm. like still mm-hmm. eat the yeah. shit food, yeah. but added more vegetables. And that was a way for me to start to wean it off. And as soon as I started eating more vegetables, then I had naturally less cravings, yeah, exactly. had less then cravings, for, the less cravings for the crown. Um, so there's, yeah, obviously the, the, there's a, but nutrition is the whole, like, even as a trainer who makes their livelihood off of people training more, I would rather people meal prep on a day versus come to the gym. Okay. Take that day away from the gym, yep. go grocery shopping, cut your vegetables, prepare them, get them ready to go because nutrition is going to change your entire body. That's That was one of my big epiphanies. I mean, this is All of this comes back to just stupid, simple, like... Yeah. Of course, cliche stuff. Yeah. But it was an epiphany when I went through it that and my brother, who's a fitness guy, also shared with me the idea that you can't out work out a crappy diet. Of course. But if you have a good diet, you don't have to work out as much. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I mean, at least your body mm-hmm. will reflect a better, mm-hmm. healthier lifestyle. Because there are people that work out insanely and do crazy workouts, but then their their diet is not. So they almost get to this point of like overeating because yeah. they're just so cashed out. Or food becomes the reward for a tough workout. Yeah. I did this crazy workout, so I'm going to eat a chocolate cheesecake or whatever the hell you want to eat. Yeah. And that, you know, 400 calorie burn for the workout does not offset the 700 calories you had for the cheesecake. So you're still got, you're actually going to get in worse shape doing that. Yeah. That's funny. It's ironic. Yeah. Um, you know, the, uh, the other thing that I 
was another big epiphany for me was healthy food can actually taste amazing. Oh, like I'm kind of a a foodie guy. People think it's broccoli and steamed, uh, steamed broccoli and like boiled, boiled chicken. Yeah. No, you can, I mean, if you know, that's the thing. So that, that that all comes down to like research, like really understanding like proper food. Like you can make vegetables take, taste amazing. If you roast them and put some olive oil and salt and pepper on them, that's all you need. Yeah. Um, so to recap a little bit, we have we have the mental side of it, which mm-hmm. is finding out your why, yeah. right? Taking some time to, to get awareness there, finding out what's really motivating you, and perhaps what's also, what are you moving towards? Mm-hmm. Motivation is all about moving towards. What right. are you moving away from, right? So finding out that pain. So then once you get into the physical side of it, of course, we have uh, a ton of resources online, yeah. the, the primal stuff on, yeah. on social media. Um, but again, just from a simple standpoint, the basic movements, um, what... Um, you mentioned the basic movements, and I f- forget which one it was, but one of them I wasn't sure. So there's there's the crawl. So it's squat, um, push, pull. What are you pushing and pulling? So like push would be a push up, any type of push. Okay. Pull would be a row, any type of pull. Okay. Right? So pulling. Yep. So push, pull, hinge would be a deadlift, hinging. Okay. Rather than, so a squat would be like a squat is essentially um, your hips and knees have a maximal bend in a squat position yeah. versus the hinge, your knees are minimally bent, but your hips are still bent. Okay. So you're hinging back okay. versus squatting down. Okay. Uh, plank, carry, so like farmer's carries, things like that, okay. and then crawl. Okay. Those are the seven. Got it. Uh, and I've gotten some feedback from my dad that like... Oh, he... Yeah. <laughs> no, we do bear crawls with him. I mean, well, he... Yeah, yeah, he's 70 something, 70 whatever years old doing bear crawls mm-hmm. and just, I mean, again, knocks him out. It, it, it's it's yeah. It's so here's the crazy thing about it. Like we are new, we are using no equipment, very simple. The reason why I like bear crawl, I don't, I'm not, it's not that I like have this, this um, affinity for crawling on the ground. I mean, it's whatever. The reason why I like them so much is because they're easy to coach. I just tell people to crawl. You can't really get hurt on them because yeah. there's no real impact. And they're extremely effective because yeah. it works the entire body. Yeah. So those three things as like a, a basic framework of judging a movement, I think should be for any type of fit. So that's why I don't like Olympic movements because too high risk, too hard to coach. People don't have the attention span to devote the time to them. So like how can we take intensity and do something like bear crawls, which is intense, easily learnable, and uh, convenient. And mobile. And yeah, and like working, tra- traveling. Your, your, yeah, exactly. So like your dad can get it if he because he travels all the time. Your dad could get a workout in by literally just doing bear crawls and basic movements in his hotel room. Right. Which again is another. Which will lead to consistency. Which yeah. will lead to results. Yeah. Um, so when you're working with somebody, do you give them? You 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 know you go over the basic training. So yeah. Then are they doing that at home or what is the? Uh, in, a, in a perfect world, yeah, they would. Um, I do have an online app that I created that has all my videos and my training programs, and clients that want access to that get that as well. So they can, if they're traveling or they're at home, they know what to do. The problem is getting people to do it. A lot of people rely too much on me, and they don't really trust themselves to do it on their own. Yeah. Even clients that. Have, have been trained with me for many years. So you do kind of like get spoiled when you have a trainer yeah. and when you just rely on the accountability of me versus left to your own devices, uh, I'll, I'll just go see Ryan tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, if you're only, if I'm only training somebody twice a week, that's only, I think I did the math. It's only 2% of your entire week. So think about this. If you're driving to the gym with the trainer and drive, you're spending 
a lot of time doing this stuff, which is great. So in your mind, you're like, well, shit, I go to the gym twice a week for, you know, three hours out of my day. Yeah, but there's so many other hours of the day that you need to stay on it. So that's why I like at-home workouts because you don't have to, you can cut the time out. Okay. And then you can also get in more work, yeah. so to speak. So, and are you training people virtually? I well? am, yeah. Okay. So I train five clients every 12 weeks uh, virtually, which is very, it's very coaching intensive. And then I have an online program that some anybody could follow, but there's no support, and that's a uh, 16-week program. Okay, where are those at if somebody's interested? Uh, my website, bprimal.com, B is in boy, E is in Edward, primal with a Y.com, or just send me an email, my first name, Ryan, at bprimal.com. Okay. Um, supplements, what's your yeah. take on those? Base, again, base, so if you look at like my whole mindset, the basic food of vegetables and protein and keeping it simple, the basic movement patterns of squatting, crawling, hinging, whatever. And then with supplements, protein, multivitamin, and fish oil. Okay. So hit those big buckets. Okay. Um, so this is uh, I'm totally asking for a friend. Uh, yeah. How do you get rid of uh, stubborn Body spare fat? tire? Body fat? Yeah. yeah. Nutrition. Yeah. Number one. That's yeah. number one. Yeah. You can't, like your brother Johnny said, uh, you can't out-exercise a bad diet. Um, I would say consistent movement. I, again, people are severely underestimating the time it takes to actually change your body. Yeah. It's very difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, our body has a, has a set point. Mm-hmm. And um, to get over that set point, you have to put in a lot of overwhelming force. Mm-hmm. Like really go hard. Mm-hmm. Not burn yourself out hard, but like make it a, a have-to situation. You know, one of the things I found in just my own sort of fitness history was that there was a, a temperature setting, if you will, in my head okay. of I am a 190-pound guy, yeah. right? So even when I lost 10 pounds, yeah. I was a 190-pound guy that was 10 pounds lighter. Okay. So Interesting. I was visiting 180 yeah. for Just, a while. I was going to eventually pop back up. Yes. And then it was like, well, you really, you know, and then the old That's habits would come back in. And so I found that like once I started thinking like a 180-pound guy, yeah. like my habits started to naturally shift. It was That's a really, amazing. yeah, it was like kind of a, 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 a bizarre That's twist. Uh, wow. Yeah, no, that just blew my mind because that's a really good uh, shit, like a paradigm shit for people. It's like, hey, like, you've because a lot of people come to me and they've been a certain way for X number of years yeah. and in their mind, they almost eventually have that like, but I'm just gonna always be this. Right. I'll try it for a little bit, I'll eventually give up, like I always do, right. and I'll always go back to this set point. So really shifting that to be like, okay, let's start thinking and acting like a 170 pound person. Yes, in fact, I'm 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 sure I'm ridiculous in this regard, but like I'll think at times I'll think like I'm a shredded dude with right. like, you know, a, <laughs> a layer of fat yeah. on top. But like that that mentality starts to get me back into mm-hmm. like, no, this is actually who I am. It's it's it's, it's what I want to identify with, right? Hmm. Um and it sort of leads me out of out of some bad habits in a while. I also think by the way like just watching you know, my dad or whoever else, the, the amount of mental abuse, oh, uh, you know, they'll do really well yeah, and they feel great. Yeah. 
And then they'll, you know, they'll yeah, the or whatever. They, yeah, they, uh, they kind of rest on their laurels, so to speak. Yes, and then, but, but my point is, like, then they'll go into shaming yeah. and, like, oh, I'm horrible, whatever. And so I made a decision, and, and to give me your feedback on this, but I made a decision. I'm either kicking ass and doing well physically and feeling good and proud of myself yeah. for that, or, you know what, if I fall off the bandwagon a little bit and I'm enjoying life, yeah. then I just mentally switch into like, you check hey, out for a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm living good. a prosperous life, yeah. baby. Yeah. As long as you're, right. yeah, as long as you're happy, you, you definitely don't want to beat yourself up in either situation right. like that. There's nothing worse than, you know, having that negative self-talk and those loops go into play and then almost a, a downward spiral yes. of feeling worse and worse and worse. Yes. You're, you're physically fit, but you're going, oh man, yeah. I wish I could enjoy the pizza with everybody just, else. And that, that goes into like not to sound too like for like presence of like where you at right now right. and enjoying that right. and being, but also understanding that like, yeah, yeah. I think that's important. Yeah, for sure. Um, we have a little bit of time left. I wanted to, um, take a moment to ask you a little bit more on the entrepreneurial side of things. Yeah. Uh, so you started off, but the brilliance and I think with your, your brand strategy is not only the brand idea itself, mm-hmm. Um, but in the concept that you could be creating to, for those other physical fitness people that are listening and, or even just entrepreneurs in general, yeah. uh, share with them how you went about creating sort of your online marketing strategy. I wish I had an answer. I don't even have a, I don't have a strategy. Well, but you do have a track record. Yeah. So I and just, I think from branding standpoint, I looked at other major brands that were outside of the fitness world okay. and saw what they were doing really well and then took that and put my own fitness spin on it. I don't really pay attention to a lot of other fitness brands. I pay attention to bigger brands outside of me okay. and then put that in my own kind of box. So could, you've been doing a lot of content marketing, which is yeah. simply creating content on the different yeah. social channels. Are you yourself creating those mm-hmm. or do you have a team that's... It's just, it's all me at this okay. point. I have a, a guy that I work with that does my videos who literally is more of the appointment of like, okay, he's going to stand there with the camera and edit it. Because I try to... I try to reduce as much friction as possible. So I know in my own head that like, I'm not going to set up the camera and upload it on YouTube and upload it on Dropbox. So really all he does is set the camera. I mean, he does videos and like, I mean, he edits it and puts music to it. But like, if I had that appointment for that content, because content is going to be everything. Content is going to be the thing that gets you out there. Yes. Um, that appointment with him is so valuable to me because uh, it, it forces me to one, create the content. He, Alex is going to be here at Friday at five, I better have something to say. Okay. Um, but there really is no like set strategy. I mean, I think of my content five minutes before he turns the camera on. Well, but you're probably, I, I would guess, you're probably so dialed in that the content that you're it creating flows. is, it flows. Yeah. It, it's more second nature for you. Mm-hmm. So what you, one of the things that you've done that I think is very effective is you've created that accountability. Yes. He's coming in on Friday. Yep. Right, so for anybody that's listening, like just hiring, like taking yeah. the action, hiring, hiring somebody, getting it on the calendar, and making it consistent. And, and I think what's helped me with the content too is um, I don't focus on the numbers of like shares or likes or comments because I do it more for not only myself as practice to like kind of like refine my own ideas yeah. and speak off the cuff improvisationally. Like that's just practice for me. And then the second part to that too is it it just helps my current clients. Yes. Like my current clients are seeing that, they're seeing me in their feeds or learning because I'm I'm only spending a couple hours a week with them. So if I can affect them for time outside of the gym, it's better for them. So I don't really focus a lot on more, you know, more likes or more followers. I'm like, what can I do for my current clients 
to serve them best. And that way it will, I mean, or may not, will trickle down. They'll tell somebody or they'll see better results and become a, a walking billboard for me. Yeah, you know, this that whole approach is the human side of social media that most people they don't get that, because they're, they're so driven by the, the results and the outcome as opposed to doing what you're doing. So for those that are listening, if you're an entrepreneur or your business, listen to what Ryan just said. He doesn't think about the the, the specific results of the outcome. It's just how do I serve my current customers? Mm-hmm. Um, that in and of itself is strategy enough that I think can be very effective. It certainly is a lot more than what most people are doing. And that's not gonna that's not gonna burn me out. I can do that forever. I can talk to my clients for the rest of my training career and have no problem with that. If I'm on the other side of the fence and being like, why are people not watching my stuff? Or like, how come this guy has so much more followers? And like, that's going to drive me insane. Yeah. So I just stay in my lane. I'm super narrow. I'm super focused on the clients that I have now. The 40 clients that I have, not not the most amount of clients by any means, but the, the most loyal and the deepest connection. And that from that, they will maybe go out and they may not. Who knows? Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. It makes a ton of sense. And I think... Uh, Again, it's just something that a lot of companies are yeah. not, They're not yeah. doing. And like you said too, the, the, the human side of social media is the conversation. So I'm always interested in like what people are saying or asking questions based on my content. Yeah. So it's not about me just like blasting and screaming out primal, primal, primal. What are people responding to? What are they commenting about? What questions are they having? And having that two-way conversation with somebody versus a one-way just push, push, push. Yes. Yeah, social media is a push platform, but it's really about that that back and forth with the people that are paying attention to it's you. It's an actual it's relationship. Yeah. 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 If somebody's watching my stuff, I need to give them, the, uh, my, my opinion, give them the um, respect if they have a question or something like that. It's not about me just yelling on the top of my lungs about how you should do deadlifts and eat vegetables. Right. See, you have a strategy. I guess I do. Yeah, <laughs> strategies. <laughs> but I'm not sitting and I'm not whiteboarding. I'm not, you know, um, strategizing beyond just like, I'm just going to put out a good product. I'm going to speak from the heart. I'm going to help the people that I come in contact with and then open up the conversation, have them be a conversation. Bring the human side of social media back and not just have it be a, a race to the top. Well, that truthfully is... I think the most effective strategy in social media, the, the people that are getting genuine, real results, yeah. long-term, long, consistent, yeah, consistent, long-term, sustainable results are the mm-hmm. ones that are doing it from their heart mm-hmm. and they're not aiming for numbers. No. They're just serving their, their niche, their mm-hmm. clientele. Um, we are just about out of time and you have been uh, an awesome chat today and you're also about to kick my ass. <laughs> That's right. Get <laughs> my bre- two birds with one stone. Yeah. yeah. Um, so again, where can somebody go? Beprimal.com. Yeah. So Beprimal.com, Primal Gym on Instagram, Facebook.com slash Primal Coach, or just send me a direct email, Ryan at Beprimal.com. Killer. Cool. Ryan, thanks, man. Thanks. Love the tattoos. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks, All right. Have a good All one. Right, let's do it. <laughs>